right here, right now. Welcome to the podcast with your hosts, Katie and Moni. Get ready to share a laugh and be amused. It's time to tell our stories right here, right now. Hey, Katie. Hey, Monica. What's going on? Oh, nothing. Just feeling totally refreshed from our pool sesh. Yeah, your new water yoga concept is really reviving and stretchy. Well, I can't take too much credit for the concept. I kind (laughs) of swiped that, but I have been playing a lot and developing some fun maneuvers. And I had Katie and our husbands and my brother-in-law out today. And we... Three guys, by the way, that are not normally in a yoga practice. No zone no they're not this kyle was not ish. enthused about it at all until we peer pressured him with the other guys joining mm-hmm. and then he came up to me afterward katie i think i like water yoga it's pretty cool like it was some secret <laughs> He's like, don't tell anyone tell you. like you might like land yoga too no no probably not start here in the water he's a water baby though yeah he, he does water. love that he turns Scuba. into a seven-year-old when yeah. he's in the water he's a fish <laughs> yeah for sure just comes alive in that water well it's hard not to with that natural buoyancy and the support that you feel immersed in what is our body 70 percent water i feel so, like it might even be more than on that how much you much, drank that day much more <laughs> much more really 60%. So in checking though, yeah, Google says 60%, but that the brain and heart are composed of 73% water and the lungs are about 83% water. The skin contains 64% water. Muscles and kidneys are 80% water and even the bones are watery, 31%. Wow. That is so interesting. That is. So no wonder it feels so like maybe even embryologically soothing like from when we were in the womb this like we were in this floating uh sensational home base that even after all these years and so much time we instantly feel comforted didn't you recently do one of those salt pods the water flotation no we have a gift card too oh you haven't done it yet sensory deprivation tank float tanks yeah 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 that's probably very embryotic like probably i haven't done one but i've really been interested to see what that would be like i need to do that Mm -hmm. at the end of monica's yoga class she had us do floating savasana so we uh really got ourselves propped up with water weights and with uh, noodles. noodles and just a total immersion experience and that was pretty cool so I think that might be what it's like but yeah in a darker environment without so many other bodies yeah, to bump say, into less likely to bump into your neighbor yeah that's okay yeah as long as you're expecting it it's usually not too weird startling yeah <laughs> anyway I was impressed with their uh, willingness to try and our whole crew did a great job yeah they did when we first started we jumped in the water and Monica's like just get used to it just get in and get used to it just immerse yourself adapt kind of acclimate. Uh, accl- acclimate and I liked all those words and thinking about other situations you know a lot of the time if you get into very cold water to ankle deep there's no way you're ever going to just jump in but if you do just take the full plunge you can really get used to or it. Or there's like no way you're going to walk yourself in. It'll take you all day to walk in to the cold, chilling water. Yeah, you just got to jump in. Full immersion. And once you do, you realize it's not so bad. And I was kind of thinking about that when you were using all of those cues for us to kind of get used to the chillier water. 
thinking about that in a non-water yoga class, how if you have something that's really scary in life, it would be easy to get just a little bit in and be like, oh, no, that's not for me. Mm -hmm. Like, jump back out. But if you just fully immerse headfirst into it, then you might be more likely to say, Your body that wasn't just, so bad. Yeah, it would have to react. It would have to create a solution and warm up or find your way back out. Either way, it would be a yeah. process that you would get to work through in this new environment, whatever yeah. that was you jumped into headfirst. It made me, even before you said that, I was already thinking about, um, I've been skydiving and that's definitely something that you jump into headfirst. Mm. And there is definitely Flight no way relief. you can ease your way into it. But if all the people who decided I'm going to go skydiving, if there was like a three step process, how many people would never actually right. take the plunge, right? It's like you just have to take that jump. I've heard that skydiving is really addictive. Yeah, I did it. I did do it twice and I would probably do it again. <laughs> My friend Aki, who I met in t teacher training, she was addicted. Like she would say, I'm a skydiving junkie. That's her word that she'd use. And she said that she craves that feeling, the sensation of not moving through the air. She said that when you're that high up and you're falling so fast, the sky isn't changing very rapidly. So it appears that you're staying still. You're in the stationary location while floating. So in a way, maybe it's like the sensory deprivation float tanks. Yeah. I personally liked after they pull your chute and you have a, a slower ride, you get a really nice gentle ride down and I was I uh, sky sky dove I sky dove mm. yeah. sky dived I went skydiving <laughs> I went skydiving in Florida and it was just beautiful farmlands and so lush and green and I just felt like a I felt like a soaring bird I felt like I was just mm. up there checking out the scene and the wind in my hair and the guy let me uh he could tell I was having a good time so he kind of let me pull on my parachute a little bit to kind of do some twists and turns oh, cool. and oh it was so fun and it was over very fast like definitely I could understand how people could become junky to that feeling because it is a, a pretty awesome immersion yeah for sure sky immersion sky immersion join us but if it makes you feel good then that's one of those feelings you want to keep cultivating and create a habit out of the things that feel good. Make yourself relive those moments and and savor the time that you're in them and plan for the next time you get to do it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, like you need to do it for 30 days. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. we have talked a lot about our goals and our habits and, you know, setting goals and how are we going to accomplish those things. You may have heard that um, have heard habits don't don't just form themselves overnight. You really have to be persistent. And in order to do that, um, you need to really practice things regularly. And I've read that it takes like about 30 days for a habit to really sink in. So if you're wanting to create a new habit, you really need to be pretty regular with that. Consistency is key. And clarity, too, like how, what kind of a habit, is it a daily habit? Is it a weekly habit? I mean, if you're trying to set a weekly habit, you need to be super into checking in with where you, where you are, you know. What day of one, the week am I doing that thing? Yeah. 
for how long is it going to take? How am I going to rearrange the other things in my schedule to accommodate that thing? Exactly. I didn't do any of that with two weeks ago. We were talking about journaling and I went home and I journaled that day and it was great and it felt awesome and I haven't done it since. And I didn't create the habit though. I, I had the intention. I did not plot it in my scheduler. On that note, I was doing some research for our workshop. Tell me. Fill me up. So our habits we're trying to make, the things we want to do, a lot of the time, instead of the doing them, we're seeing how other people are doing them. We're looking it up. We're researching. We're collecting data to assimilate what and how we will do that thing once we start it. Mm -hmm. Once we decide to do it, we'll have all the things we need, right? It's our brain's way of being as prepared as possible. So something I remember from my research is a quote, something along the lines of like no other outside source can fuel your, fuel your drive. Um, Just like we can't be nourished by watching someone else eat a full meal. So watching someone else and learning their sequences and how they achieve their goals. And even if you were able to learn and repeat their whole process, it Mm -hmm. wouldn't be the same as you doing your path your own way. And so I feel like that's a big part of our uh, misstep in, in the trying to do something is that we're, well, we talked about this before, we're comparing ourselves to how someone else is doing it. Or we're dissatisfied with our own abilities to do it. So we're constantly like getting down on our approach or not approaching it at all. It can only be our own authentic experience. Mm -hmm. And if it's not our own authentic experience, then it can somehow be like thwarted or... Well, we can read about other people's experiences all day long, but that will never satisfy us the way having our own experience would. Yeah. Just like watching someone else eat a meal isn't going to fill my belly. I'm going to be hungrier after watching them eat that meal. Mm -hmm. And so to remember that in our research and coursing and how we're setting up our habits and making time for these things that we want to do and set courses for making our dreams happen. Are we really listening to our dreams? Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, speaking of dreams, boom, there it goes. Last week, I kind of did a prompt that ended with a uh, accidental or the story I wrote ended with an accidental. My story was a dream. It turned into a dream. I was so jealous. (laughs) So with that in mind, Monica pulled out her book that it's always out. Really, It's perfectly placed. I'll go ahead and tell your secrets. Tell them. Monica created a habit many years ago um, of placing a book, the dream book, Symbols for Self-Understanding by Betty Bethards, on her uh, little table in the in her bathroom, right it's next right to a throne. right next to a seat that she may sit on just after getting out of bed on many mornings, mm-hmm. and she may remember a dream that has some elements, and she may open up her dream book. And read about some of the symbols of her dream to determine if there's anything that she could gain from her dreams. Uh, which I think is pretty cool that you have that habit. And I've seen this book in your bathroom so many times, but I had no idea that you used it on a regular basis. I really didn't. I mean, I knew you mm-hmm. did sometimes, but sure. I didn't know it was like a regular practice of yeah. yours. When I remember, it's regular. Because yeah. it's sitting right there and it reminds me to look at it. Yeah, you're like, oh, that dream I yeah. had. Oh, that was weird. And, you know, it might it might sound a little woo woo, the idea of of sorting through our dreams and gathering symbols and making a story. And to prepare for today, we kind of I looked up some science behind dreams Mm -hmm. and it turns out that there are a lot of theories. It's completely inconclusive. (laughs) 
nobody has really any idea. <laughs> Some of these researchers are saying, you know, that dreams absolutely, of course, how could they not? They're symbolic. They can help you in determining your past. And other people are saying, no, nah, they really are just helping secure your memories. And other ones are like, no, they're actually completely random. Yeah, they're totally random, meaningless. No, actually, we think that these dreams are are pieces of what happened to you to make you more prepared for your future events. If we twist all this stuff up and jumble it up. and defrag. Yeah, if, yeah. Defragmented, some theorists are. It's a reboot. It's a defragmenting so that you have more places for memory storage. It's like all over the place. Yes, it's 100% relevant. No, it means absolutely nothing. Just like anything on a spectrum, there's complete opposite extremes of yeah. belief. Yeah. And working with. Yes. So. But my thought we? is, yeah. if this, if we sleep for eight hours a night and are approximately a third of our lives, wouldn't we maybe want to put a little bit of thought into some of that stuff that goes on, even if it doesn't mean anything it yeah. it might mean something it's kind of fun too <laughs> to think about if you are if you're able to be removed from it also and not put too much weight into it you know like anything that we see signs of it's important to be discerning and how how fully we immerse ourselves in that belief and you know then it can create expectations self-fulfilling prophecies and mm-hmm. and stuff like that and of course we'd want to be mindful of that I think that sometimes we probably do have some pretty weird, dark, twisted dreams that you can just kind of put to the side, like, I'm not going to deal with you right now. Right. Yeah. But if it's open and available and it could be um, useful and healing or I actually had a recurring dream. I want to say it started like a year before I got married, but um, it would always be I was dating somebody and potentially even engaged to somebody that was definitely not my husband. And while this person had lots of great characteristics, there was like always a huge flaw with them. Um, I remember one of the dreams, I found the guy taking all these medications like days before our wedding. And um, I found out that he had like all these diseases that he hadn't disclosed to me. And I wasn't even upset that he was diseased. I was upset that he was dishonest. Mm -hmm. But at the end of these dreams, I always end up, coming upon my husband, Kyle, and I get like, oh, this huge like wave of relief of like, thank God I don't have to put up with this other person's weirdness. I don't understand. I get your weirdness. Let's do the life thing together. (laughs) Um, And I think that that may have started when I'm kind of going through the motions of planning for a wedding. And I think that if unless you're fairly naive, most people preparing for one of the biggest commitments they make in their life should probably Mm -hmm. have a little bit of like, Check yourself. Make sure this is the right thing to do. Subconscious even, yeah. So So, yeah, I think that was kind of my self-conscious kind of going through like dating other guys and making sure like, Mm -hmm. and then feeling that sense of like overwhelming relief every time I would realize you're the one I have to marry. Sorry, other guy. You're the one I have to marry. (laughs) Did I say have to? You're the one I get to marry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, other dude. Your diseases and your non-disclosure, you have totally screwed up. Lost your chance. Bye. Wake up, back to life. You're like, oh, you're here. Here you are. I love, um, and I wish I could remember the name of the comedian that has this hilarious bit. But if you're out there and you ever hear this, know that I'm trying to remember your name. And it's, um, but his thing, his bit is like his wife wakes up and she's mad at him for what he did in the dream. And she's like mad that he didn't come and save her. And she was being chased by a bear and he stopped to play poker with a rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she, he's like, I'm sorry. 
like, I don't know what to tell you. That didn't really happen. Oh, man. He's like, she's mad at me half the day because I played poker with a rabbit. And I've been there when you mm-hmm. wake up and you find out that he's done this or that or whatever. Or like, you. it's really hard mm-hmm. sometimes to separate yourself yeah. from those real, you know, the those feelings were real, which is why it's hard to separate themselves because mm-hmm. you really did feel all that stuff. And so it's very easy to want to give them some weight. Yeah. and it's so real feeling. And I think sometimes it's important to give them some weight Mm -hmm. that, you know, in life, a lot of the time, I feel like there are subtleties that um, a lot of very in tune people will tell you that your gut has such a good way of responding to you, telling you this is the right thing. This is the wrong thing. Follow your gut, you know, and I think that sometimes dreams can be sending us messages that we might look back on. If you were to like record your dreams habitually for a long time, you may very well find, and I know that um, this woman recorded her dreams for a number, number, number of years, and um, she found her own symbols that meant so much to her, and she was really able to, and whether it was her own story, or mind or not, yeah, she was able to tie all this stuff together and and it was significant to her and I think that's, and that's where all that it needs really, to be yeah that's the only check mark we need is does it matter to me because who is anyone else to say what should matter to you or not right that's preposterous that is preposterous indeed so there's so. a lot more we could weave in that dream web but for now we were thinking it could be fun to prompt ourselves with Katie's idea from last week which just happened accidentally last week but we thought it would be fun to start our writing page with last night I had a dream and in thinking about our writing exercise um, often we're trying to write a story that makes sense that has a beginning middle and end we're trying to have characters that you know have some type of mission perhaps and I think that in a dream you don't really need any of that stuff be nonsense in yeah. a way. I mean, some a lot of dreams are. The faces change from one to the next and mm-hmm. the person. What did you read when we were doing some research oh, about this? Oh, it was pretty interesting. Well, first it said that most dreams last from five to 20 minutes, which is crazy because some of my dreams feel like they last for hours. I know, right? That you, most people have three to six dreams a night, but you forget 95% of them before you get out of bed. And of course, this research is probably fairly gray because if you forget 95% of them, how do they know that you forgot? I don't know. But that it was about like the known characters. So like about 50% of the characters in your dreams are known to you. But then like, like I know I dreamed about Katie. Exactly. But like, how did you know it was me? So it was like maybe half of them knew because you saw my face. But then 20% of the times that you dreamt about me was because you recognized my personality. I just felt so And I've said that in dreams before, or when trying to recall dreams before. It's like, I know I didn't see them, but I could feel them. And it Mm -hmm. was like that person was there. Yeah. But you didn't. That's so weird that you can visualize and feel an energy that's not specific physically. I understand that that happens a lot to um to blind to the blind that they are able to sense people just the way that maybe it's like the cadence of their footsteps or their energies that you know the more sensory we have the less we're able to fully absorb in all of those things and um so neat this is reminding me of your um the book you let me borrow the the australian yeah i was just thinking of that the message of mutant message down under yeah the mutant message down under yeah. Which is another thread, but it is the coolest book on uh, human connection. 
and well, and to pull on it just a little bit, okay. they they are kind of saying that because of all the frequencies in the air now, we have phones, we have airplanes, there's radio, television, all of the ways that we are engaged, and that dilutes our ability to connect to one another telepathically. Yes energetically spiritually it's we're so much more disconnected because of all of that space that and then not only disconnected from each other but also disconnected from ourselves and our and trusting our own gut and understanding Mm -hmm. why we have these dreams if you went back two thousand years and talked to the medicine woman that was the you know head of her tribe Mm -hmm. i'm sure that she would tell you 100 percent. you just dreamed what yeah here's what that ostrich and the water and the sunlight and the fact that you were wearing a purple feather all of this says blank run (laughs) Run. (laughs) well and betty bethard says that um you are the only one who can determine what your dreams mean and i think that's important on any any scale of anything you we are the ultimate judge of what works for us, what doesn't work for us, what we want to pay attention to, what we don't want to pay attention to, what we feed ourselves, and what we, we ignore or are eliminate. the product of our own created reality. 100%. Yeah. It's our choice. So if difficult we... as that might be to really grasp all of the time, because sometimes really terrible things happen and mm-hmm. you're like, well, that certainly didn't make sense. I didn't want that to happen. Right. I didn't ask for that. And sometimes those things are really tough to get through. But at the same time, sometimes really awesome things happen and you don't fully mm-hmm. appreciate them. So sometimes what we asked for or hoped for, <laughs> I have to sing this song. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. <laughs> Keep going, please. I think that's that was it. I can remember. Yeah. And it's like a lot of the time when we're asking for things, it's like, man, careful what you wish for. I didn't really need that to happen. Which they say, if you're going to ask for affirmations, be very specific. They, mm-hmm. um, I've heard that, like, don't just say, I would like to possess, to have less possessions. I'm going, one day I will own less possessions. And then it's like, well, I didn't mean for my house to burn down. Thanks a lot, universe. Gee. Yes, to be very specific. I was just hoping to get a tiny house. I didn't mean and, for that. And perhaps, and Betty says in her book too, to when speaking prayerfully to say that or something better. Yes, I did read that. Um, that's so cool. I love it. Okay, yeah. well, that was a whirly gig whirlwind. Whee! Let's get back to our story prompts. So we are going to start out. Last night, I had a dream, and then we're going to be real crazy with this thread. We're going to use um, Jamie Cat Callen's Writer's Toolbox, and typically we pay, play in one of three ways with sticks, the sixth sense cards, or a or a wheel storyline, but this week, we're going to do one of each, so we're going to give you a action from the wheels, and a first sentence, and a sixth sense card. So we're going to start with last night, I had a dream that Charlotte ate green peppers all day long. (laughs) Wow, that sounds dreamy. Okay, if you're participating, press pause, set your timer for three minutes and come back for the second prompt. If not, see you in a moment. Okay, welcome back for the second prompt is from our wheels. It's an action. Incorporate it however you can loses weight okay press pause right for three more minutes or we'll be right back 
This prompt is fun. I've these prompts. I mean, it's so freeing for some reason. Yeah. Though we could do it anytime. Yeah. This doesn't. It's so silly. Funny. Our brains are silly. Okay, last prompt: a yellow bus. Pause. Write for three more minutes, and your story will be done. You can share it with us. We're gonna share ours with you. I feel good about that. Me too. That was wild and crazy. And it was so easy to maneuver with the dream reins. And it's funny because that is how it is all the time. There's never a strict construct on what we're writing. But for some reason, the looseness of it being a dream and that it could Com- transform at any moment yeah. was so freeing. Yeah. It does and not have to make sense at all. I love that. And neither does anything. And nope. we just make it that way. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to hear what you wrote. Okay. Here we go. Last night, I dreamt that Charlotte ate green peppers all day long. She just kept eating and eating the peppers one after another. Then mom appeared wearing a huge hat that looked like a strawberry. And she was shouting at Charlotte, saying she'd grown the peppers herself. And now Charlotte had ruined her chances at winning best in show, pepper division. (laughs) Charlotte just looked at mom, then burst into tears. But her tears were tiny jalapenos that burnt her eyes, so she kept crying out more jalapenos, just making it worse. (laughs) I tried to help my sweet baby girl, but all I could come up with to soothe her eyes was mom's hat. So I smooshed Char-Char's head with the gigantic strawberry hat. (laughs) Then the dream changed, and I was in the middle of a Weight Watchers meeting, and they were passing around green peppers stuffed with cardboard and everyone was raving about how delicious they were and I was just so furious because to me it tasted like what it was cardboard and I felt at once so sad and helpless that I was doomed to never lose the baby weight I left the Weight Watchers meeting and got onto a big yellow school bus packed with little kids, but they all looked exactly the same, and they were acting really suspicious. I realized then that they were my dad as a kid, and that this there was no bus driver, so I sat down in the driver's seat and told my tiny dad to sit, I told all my tiny dads to sit down and behave. Then the bus started going faster and faster till it took off like a plane, and I panicked because I obviously can't fly. That's when my alarm went off. I think I may need a dream book to analyze this one. Oh, I also dreamt that Stephen landed that job. He hasn't heard back from them. The interview was last Monday. Wow. That was so good. <laughs> you liked it? I liked it a lot. Such a great dream. Thanks for sharing your dream with Yay, me. Yay, that was really fun to write. Like, <laughs> you can just switch it up, change things around. It was great. He smooshed it on Charshar's head. <laughs> anyway are you ready to hear my interpretation of our dream i am let's hear it okay last night i dreamt that charlotte ate green peppers all day long we were at some festival but it also reminded me of mom's house anyway there were green peppers everywhere maybe grandma was there too i felt like i could sense her and she was helping charlotte find the peppers to consume for some reason i was trying to stop her from eating peppers like i knew they were gonna make her sick or something but she wouldn't listen. I remember at one point she was eating one like an apple and I smacked it out of her hand and I screamed, (laughs) don't eat any more peppers, Charlotte. I remember she was frantic about fitting into this blue dress. It was hanging in the corner, but it looked like it was made for a doll. Everyone was worried about it being too small for her. Maybe the peppers were a weight loss gimmick. Now that I think about it, (laughs) I had been up late watching TV and some magic diet pill infomercials may have infiltrated into this scene. But anyway, somehow the festival ended and it morphed into a school bus. I'm on there with my dog. 
and a few people I don't recognize. My grandma is still there, too. I feel like she's sitting behind me, like I knew she was there, somehow. We are suddenly off the bus, and I'm staring at its huge wheels and seeing the yellow surround, and like a kaleidoscope turned, it wheeled itself into a big, huge bumblebee that flew towards me, and it knocked me over. But I wasn't afraid. It started to blow raspberries on my belly like I thought I was a flower. And as I look down towards my belly, I see that I am a flower. Oh. So that happened. You were a flower. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the end? Yeah. That's it. That's the end. You're a flower. (laughs) I love it. That's all it has to be. Thanks for sharing your dream with me. Thanks for sharing your dream with me. And I hope you'll continue to work towards the achievement of your dreams, whether they were cultivated in a nighttime state or in a mind map brainstorm session in your journal. Don't quit your daydream. Exactly. You can do all the things that you set your mind to. You just got to give yourself a little faith and a little push. And sometimes you just got to jump in head first. And a whole lot of humility and a big sense of humor yeah. because we're going to fail more times than we succeed. And that's part of the journey. Yep. Super great pep talk. Awesome. We Get did out there. great. <laughs> you can do it. You can send your stories to us. You should send your stories to us. Send them to KT and Moni. That's K-T-A-N-D-M-O-N-I at gmail.com. You can also interact with us on our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and on our review pages on all of your favorite podcast platforms where yes. you are listening now. Please go share this podcast with somebody that you think might like it and or leave us a review, preferably a positive one. But we'd appreciate any feedback. Absolutely. Whatever you do, just share the love. Right here. Right now. Bye. Bye.